This is the 70th episode of Decoding Fox News, and I'm your host, Juliet Jeske. Each week, I watch and analyze 20 hours of Fox News and then break it down. I watch all the Fox News you'd never want to. Now, let's get right into it. Got a crazy headline this week. Because there's a lot. This was like kind of a hodgepodge. Hunter Biden, the dream that won't die. Fox loves RFK Jr. and SCOTUS, the destroyer of liberals. So I have to explain this clip a little bit before I play it. This is Lawrence Jones on Fox News tonight. And he's sort of debating a Democrat named Jose Aristamuno. And it's very clear in this clip that Lawrence Jones doesn't quite understand how plea bargains work. So what's the standard? Look, they've been investigating. They've been investigating the son of the president of the United States for the last half half a decade, for the last five years, and you know that. And they haven't been able to find anything substantial. They did on find his son. something, and that's just the truth. That's but they gave him a plea deal. They, they they found him with a gun. He admitted to it actually, and he admitted to lying on the form, right? And he also admitted to being a crack. He, he he's going to be on probation. He's going to go on probation. So what you can't really uh, see in that audio clip, I'm going to describe it to you, is as Lawrence Jones gets to the point where he says, but he admitted it. He admitted it. Um, Aristamuno breaks out into a smile because he knows that Lawrence Jones is sort of destroying his own argument. Because by saying that, like, but he admitted it, he's sort of not quite getting the concept of a plea agreement. So when you plead guilty... Uh, you almost always get a better deal because the state, you uh, relieve the state from having to take you to court, spend the money on a trial, all that grief, and and having the risk that you might get a mistrial, you might be acquitted. So the state's all for a plea agreement. And and basically that's what Lawrence just wasn't understanding, but he admitted it, thinking that that would like somehow make it worse. No, that actually makes it better for him. Um, And I wanted to, uh, I found the actual definition uh, and there's a link to it in the in the newsletter. If you're new to the podcast, the newsletter is the written version of the podcast, which is on my Substack channel. It includes visuals like charts, and some people prefer the newsletter. Also has hyperlinks to all my sources. So here's from the United States Pre-Trial, Pre-Trial Services Agency. A pre-trial diversion agreement is designed to preserve prosecutorial and judicial resources for serious criminal matters and to provide alternative treatment and intervention to those individuals for whom traditional prosecution may be less effective. Translation, for people with drug problems, we send them to rehab. We don't send them to prison, basically. And since he said, yep, I was an addict, I was an actively using addict and I screwed up. I, you know, said I wasn't doing any drugs on a form to get a gun you got me. They're like, okay, well, you're, and I'm sure they haven't basically given his sentencing yet, specifically what that will be, but I'm sure it'll be some form of rehab or counseling. That's just how it's done. And again, because my sister's a criminal defense attorney, I find out this happens all the time. The courts would much rather put an addict in rehab, oh, much, 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 than put that addict in prison, unless there's some type of violence involved, or this is someone who's just a serial repeat offender, then it might be different. But usually they almost always want to put you in rehab or some type of treatment program because that's better for everybody. It's better for the, for, the, for the defendant. It's better for the state. It's better for everybody. So, and also just as a side note, 
everybody's allowed to plead guilty. That's just how our system works. It's not like we got you, now you admitted it, but because you admitted it, we're going to give you a harsher sentence. I mean, that's kind of how um, Lawrence Jones came across there. So this next one is a very short clip. It's Lawrence Jones again. I picked it because it's just very simple. It just gets right to it. And this exact phrase was used several times by several people on the network last week. He wasn't the only person. I can't remember how many people insinuated this, but I'm just going to play it and then explain it. According to the WhatsApp messages in 2017, Hunter Biden demanded that Chinese energy company CFC pay the Bidens more than double what the CCP link company was already offering. So Lawrence Jones is about to read from a text message that was allegedly sent by Hunter Biden. Quote, I can make five million in salary from any law firm in America. If you think it's about the money, it's not. The Bidens are the best at doing exactly what chairman wants for, from this partnership. Now, you got to note the plural Bidens. The text message that Lawrence Jones just read there was basically the clip of the week that was shown over and over and over again on various Fox shows. They would put it up on the screen. They would show the graphic that would read the whole text message. And then somebody would read it and they'd go, Bidens, plural, Bidens, plural. And then they would insinuate without saying it directly that Joe Biden was somehow involved in this because it had to have been. There's two Bidens mentioned, Bidens, plural. Well, that's ridiculous because Hunter Biden never made a secret out of the fact that he worked very closely with his uncle, James Biden. This is not secret. It was not covered up. There's no attempt to cover it up. James Biden did not go to college. He was a wheeler and dealer. He worked in nightclubs and he was more of like an entrepreneur. And he also helped raise Hunter Biden when Joe Biden was off in Washington after his wife died. Hunter Biden has also not been very secretive about this. He's talked about it. It's in his memoir. So he's very close to his uncle. And I, I kind of guess based on what I know of both of them, that they probably have a similar personality and that they like to take risks. They like to go out there, wheel and deal. So, um, yeah. And anybody who knew anything about the Hunter Biden laptop would know that James Biden is a major player. Now, before I get to the next clip, and the next clip is my favorite of the Hunter Biden series this week, um, because it involves Steve Ducey. Steve Ducey! I'm Steve Ducey, and I like to, you know, play with rotary phones and, you know, have a game of Yahtzee. That's my impression of, that's my version of Steve Ducey. He gets very excited. His voice gets very high. Um, he has a cookbook. It's a happy cookbook with my wife, and we make pancakes. Okay. But I should say very quickly that this project is sponsored by the Tau Knight Center for News Integrity Initiative at the Craig Newmark Graduate School of Journalism at CUNY. And I am a graduate of that program, not a student. CUNY stands for City University of New York. I had explained that to my entire extended family, who most of them live in Missouri. And they're like, what are you, what are you talking? Is CUNY? 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 Anyway. Uh, this project is also supported by readers of my newsletter and listeners of this very podcast. And if you'd like to become a sponsor of this podcast, my grant ends in mid-August. So I've been taking everything that I've made from Substack and Patreon, except for a few things I needed, like equipment-wise, for the podcast. And I've been putting it in a separate account, and I'm hoping that by the time... Uh, I get more subscribers. I'll be at the point where I can 
this can be completely 100% funded by people like you and not a corporation and not a foundation who tells me what I can and cannot cover and nobody can call me corporate media and all of that fun stuff. So that is the goal. Hopefully we'll make it. I say we because we're all like one. I feel I feel like decoding Fox News is one big crazy weirdo family of people who are obsessed with the news and yeah and hate Fox. That's it. I, like we're a community even though I can't see you. <laughs> and I just interact with you mostly on Twitter. But other than that, so here's the clip. It's the same text message that I just played you. Although this is Steve Ducey, Mr. I Write Cookbooks. And he kind of goes rogue a little bit. And he did this several times last week, but I was only able to use one clip because I could have made three podcasts. It's so many good clips from last week. It is unclear what the joint venture is or was uh, and if it was just for Biden corruption, then why did they have other entities like uh, they had they mentioned Hudson and some other partners as well? If it was just to influence a former vice president, which I don't know if that's illegal, uh, why exactly were there so many other moving parts? And what the Republicans don't do here yet is they don't say uh, if any laws were broken and if anything was illegal. I should do the theme song, Deucey Goes Rogue! Because that's what he was doing there. He was going rogue, going off script, going off message. He did that three times last week. I can't include all of them because it would just be about Steve Deucey. And we got a lot of ground to cover this week. But I was I was amazed. And, and I don't know if somebody's giving him a script or they're telling him, like, you know, just needle that in. We're doing this for, like, legal liability purposes. Just have one person go, wait a second, I'm the skeptic. Maybe that's it. Maybe he's just doing it and he knows he can get away with it because he's been with the show forever. But yeah, he still had a job after he said that. And you, uh, his co-host just looked completely mortified. Like, what are you doing? So we're going to move on to the next biggest topic, which was the SCOTUS cases. And there were some big ones, some very, very big ones. Um, and it was interesting because if Fox News was a legitimate news source, this would have been the top story. But instead, you know, somebody found a, a, a random text message by Hunter Biden that didn't say anything incriminating, really, other than he worked with his uncle, if you knew anything about his background. And uh, that got turned into, like, the number one story. you got to go after Hunter Biden. So this one is um, everybody's favorite day drinker. I don't actually know if she drinks alcohol. She's made conflicting statements. She said things like, I don't drink. And then I've heard her say stuff like, all I do is drink. And I'm like, you know what? I... I don't have any evidence, so I'm just going to say, all right then. I know that she wears some fabulous outfits and lots and lots of makeup. And she has a deep alto voice. How dare you? I, listen, I was a judge. Don't you, I ran for office. Yeah, and you lost. Okay, so this is Judge Janine giving her very nuanced opinion about affirmative action. And finally, my final point is, I don't want someone who got into law school or medical school because of the color of their skin. I don't want someone who's flying a plane because of the color of their skin. I want the best person to operate on me, the best person to represent me, and the best person to fly me wherever the hell I'm going. I'm done with affirmative action. So that's just an excerpt of a much longer clip in which she went on about the teachers' unions and then she gave a crazy stat where she claimed half of third graders can't read. I debunked that in seconds. 
And it was kind of long and rambling, and I just wanted to get to sort of the nut there. So that last little clip where she says, and finally, because I think she sort of explains how conservatives view affirmative action. They assume that if a kid from an inner city school who's black, who did not go to the best high school because the best high school was not available to that person, even if they had charter schools, even if they had school choice, because you're talking about people who are competing against people who go to boarding schools and you know super hyper elite schools that aren't even available in most of the country they're only available on the coast so they're only available in in certain cities so you're saying okay so you've got this kid who's very very bright who did very well on test scores and you know had a beautiful essay and has all these creative things going on in their life but they don't come from that super upper crust background and this person is black and that person gets admitted into that school into harvard or wherever now, especially when you're talking about doctor or lawyer, you don't just get accepted into school and somebody just hands you a diploma, here you're a lawyer, here you're a doctor. Oh my goodness, no. The d lawyer, you gotta pass the bar in whatever state you're gonna practice in. That's not easy. And that certainly requires study and dedication and the whole nine yards. And doctor, forget about it. You gotta get into, get into college, get into med school, then get into med school, get into a residency takes years to become a doctor. So both of those examples were very poor on her part because she's assuming that those um, tests or those, those, the entire system is being lowered because a person is black. And that's just not the case. It's absolutely not the case. And the other thing that was just funny to me is that she mentions airline pilots. Well, airline pilots don't have to go to college. You don't. You just have to go to flight school. And a lot of airline pilots, uh, especially nowadays, they, they, they don't require a BA at all. You uh, often just go directly from the military to a commercial airline pilot. Like you have to get certifications and that sort of thing, but you don't have to go to college. Why on earth would you have to go to college? And for some bizarre reason, Harold Ford Jr., who's like supposed to be the liberal on the five, but he's really more of a moderate, he keeps lumping in engineers with plumbers. And I'm like, are you talking about train engineers? Because you need to specify because an engineer is someone who gets advanced degrees in math and science. And an engineer on a train is someone who doesn't. And I don't know why he keeps doing that. He did it again. He goes, well, you know, you could be an engineer or a plumber. And I'm like, what? That's like saying you could be a scientist or a hairdresser. And I'm not dissing hairdressers. That's a, I couldn't do it. I could never do that. But like, you know, like maybe I don't just, what are you? Anyway, and there are a number of Supreme Court rulings that came down last week. And um, this was the one that Fox put most of its effort and airtime on, was the affirmative action case. And the way they dealt with it is how Fox deals with this often, is they just brought on a lot of black conservatives to talk about it. And they all sort of ripped on affirmative action and said the same thing. And of course, they have every right to their opinion. And, it, you know, that's great. This is a free country. Um, I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to be the view <laughs> and make, uh, you know, blanket statements about black conservatives. I would never do that. Uh, but I use the Judge Janine clip because I think it's much closer to a typical Fox viewer's opinion of affirmative action. And that's what I think Fox was trying to get at. Uh, and that's quite sad. Uh, so the next up is we have... RFK Jr., a love affair, really, on Fox News. This should alarm anybody on the left who thinks RFK Jr. is a is a great candidate. Uh, Fox is basically full-time cheerleading for him. 
Now this is over a course of two days. I took, I had so many RFK Jr. clips. I stuck them all in Premiere Pro and turned them into a different montage because I had so many of them. I'm like, I don't even know which ones to use. So this is just from the five and this started on Monday and it was just a RFK Jr. is, oh, oh my God, sent from heaven. He's magical. And they showed this ridiculous clip of RFK Jr. like working out outdoors and he looked like really jacked muscularly but he wasn't really lifting that much weight in his form and his push-ups was not that great and several people private emailed me to say they suspected he was on steroids or some type of growth hormone I don't know I have no idea but it 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 looked weird the whole thing looked weird and he was working out in jeans and he had like a really bad sunburn and I'm like dude you're white you're Irish come on wear some sunscreen so this is the RFK Jr. love fest Dana Perino as a oh, I'm so glad you went to me first. <laughs> female and a and an undecided voter. Oh, okay. Is that what I am? <laughs> when you see RFK Jr. like that, does that make you reconsider voting for him? <laughs> oh gosh, you've really put me on the spot there. Um, I'm impressed, right? At 69 years old, I think it is interesting. He's trying to show the contrast. While Hollywood is telling the White House, just embrace Biden's age. I think that RFK Jr should probably run as an independent because there are more independents in this country, registered independents, than there are Republicans and Democrats. He's not going to get the debate with Biden. He's just not going to get it. And if he wants to actually make a dent, and this could be the year where a third party, do you think that Manchin is a better third party candidate than RFK Jr.? That's Dana Perino. She's supposed to be like the reasonable one on the five. She used to be uh, George W. Bush's press secretary. She rarely says anything too crazy. Now, that's crazy because she's had an entire career in politics and in the media. And she would know that a third party candidate running for president has a snowball's chance in hell of getting anywhere, of even getting an electoral vote, of even getting a single electoral vote. And you have to have them. You can't just say, oh, well, suddenly we're going to throw out the Constitution and the popular vote's going to win the day. And how on earth is this third-party uh, candidate going to... Uh, they're not. They're just not going to get anywhere. It's a joke. So here, this is later in the week, also Dana Perino, new segment about RFK Jr. Mm. One of the things interesting, Harold, is watching RFK Jr. run to Biden's right instead of his left. So does that mean that there's like a middle lane for somebody like him? RFK is out there with 20%. He's got juice. You don't think Biden knows he has juice on the left? So he has to come to RFK Jr. and says, what do you need? What do you want? Let's do business. And RFK Jr., he, he can do business in that point. And he actually said at another interview that he may consider being HHS secretary in a Republican administration. I, I think that RFK is really the only candidate who is kind of defy, defying modern-day politics. And I'm going to go over here, and I'm going to talk about these issues. And I really think the guy, you know, is at some point going to break through. Someone like him, RFK, whether or not he'll be the big guy who, who benefits from that, um, you know, he's going, to, he's going to come through, and I think he's going to be stronger than where he is. He is down 17 from 20. Mm -hmm. uh, he's pushing both parties forward. 
in, in topics that both parties want to avoid. Yeah. And that's what that Trump, this is why RFK, in my opinion, is the closest to the Trump phenomenon of 2015. Yep. Remember, I wasn't a fan, but he's extremely persuasive. Even when they try to corner him, he'll talk to anybody. He'll go on any podcast, obviously, because he's the, the outside dude. The elephant in the room for him is vaccines. But you can be pro-vax and a vaccine skeptic at the same time. We do that with everything where he's very strong at this stuff. People need to start listening to him. And I think that if he runs independent, he has, I think his strongest chance is running as an independent because he gets, he gets Republicans and Democrats and independents. He, he's in. So these are two people, Dana Perino, Greg Gutfeld, two people who have spent their entire careers pretty much on a network that's politically motivated, right wing motivated. And both of these people with a straight face say that a candidate should run as a third party and that he could have a chance at it. Are you out of your minds? You know that's not true. You know that's not true. You just want him to run and try to suck away enough Democratic voters so that your lunatic, Donald J. Trump, because it's probably who it's going to be, will make our lives a living hell again for four more years. Absolutely not. Like, this is crazy. Absolutely crazy. And the stuff Arcade Jr. believes is off-the-wall crazy. Like, he has no idea what he's talking about. He shouldn't be talking about anything with science. He shouldn't be talking about anything with medicine. He has no training in that. He just believes this nonsense. He, you know, goes on the internet. Ooh, I read something, and I've got it. The, the stuff he's pushed about vaccines is downright dangerous, especially for children. See, I mean, I could go on and on about RFK Jr., but instead I'm going to just play Jessica Tarloff's response to all of this. This is actually from Monday, but she was, because the second part of that clip was from Thursday when Harold Ford Jr. was in her spot on the five, because that seat rotates. But this is Jessica Tarloff responding to the video of RFK Jr. working out and Dana Perino saying he should run as an independent and all that nonsense. Here you go. How does the Biden White House see this prison type workout that RFK Jr. is doing? I do not think they care at all. This They've is... seen it, though. Well, everyone's seen it. How you felt about it varies depending on your political affiliation. And I hate to be Debbie Downer, but I'm paid to do so. So I'm going to tell you again. <laughs> to be Debbie Downer? Yes. No real live Democrats that believe in the Democratic Party and what it stands for, like RFK. They also do not think that that is natural, to Greg's point. Don't know what he's on. Don't want to surmise. It's not normal for a 70-year-old. There also weren't that many weights on that bar. Weight shaming. Wow. And I'm not saying they were lady push-ups. Why is that not normal for a 70-year-old? Don't even go there, all right? A lot of people are in great shape when they're 70. I'm sorry. Men and women. Sure, my mom is 70, and she looks amazing. But that man's body <laughs> does not look like any 70-year-old. Did not look like what my dad looked like, and I, even before but he had cancer. did your dad work out constantly? This guy's working out okay, constantly. So how don't about take this? it away from him. I don't want a guy who could be an assistant trainer at Planet Fitness to be the president. Really? Why do you want a Gavin Newsom? Isn't he the good-looking at Isn't that what he's all about? I'm not looking to hire anyone based on how attractive they are. Think, think, about, this, should... think about this, Jessica. Think about him uh, participating with other world leaders that aren't in good shape. Justin right? Trudeau could take him in a second. Oh, oh, oh my no God. Oh, that is disgusting. Off. So that's Jessica Tarloff, the liberal voice on The Five. 
And she's pretty much the only one who made any sense in that whole segment because they're talking about him working out. Like, ooh, look at him working out. And she's like, I don't care. I don't care what he looks like. I don't care how he's built. I don't care what Gavin Newsom looks like. I don't care. Now, people ask me all the time what happens when I post something with, like, Harold Ford Jr. or somebody else in the quote-unquote liberal chair. And it's just a con- Geraldo Rivera was one of the quote-unquote liberals in that chair. Is They just rotate it all the time. They never keep that the same person. It always flips around. Geraldo Rivera, as you may have seen if you if you follow me on Twitter, finally retired. I think he's 79 years old. It's probably about time. He was funny on the five because he really never got that combative with anybody. He usually agreed with the conservatives. Sometimes he'd be a little... Like, well, we shouldn't really hate immigrants, but, you know, I get it. We need a wall. He'd say stuff like that. I'm paraphrasing it. I don't know if he said that exactly, but he would usually agree and get along with most of the panel. But the hilarious part of Geraldo Rivera is that he found a way to always talk about himself no matter what. Like, he'd be like, you know, back in the 70s when I got my start, when when I was a lawyer and then I became a journalist and... I had this great haircut and women loved me. And then I was in Playgirl. Did you know I was in Playgirl? <laughs> You're going to make fun of me again. Hey. Like when they would do one more thing where they're supposed to share a story. They would openly tease him about this because he did it every time. They're supposed to share a story. Geraldo Rivera would be like, I was on my boat. Let, oh, look, there's a picture of me on my boat. And I love my boat. And I know I'm not really getting his voice, but I'm kind of getting the energy. The Geraldo Rivera energy. Now, next up, this is sort of why I made this podcast. I got so excited. So this is the first time in the history of decoding Fox News. Prepare yourself. Sit down. Hold on to something. Grip it. <laughs> grip it because this is you're in for a ride. You're in for something very exciting. We have a double bogus expert. And I'm doing the voice. We're doing it now. I haven't done it in a while because I haven't been able to fix fit in a decent bogus expert but this one is a double bogus expert and I'll explain and a bogus expert you know is somebody who is fake who's phony and uh when I introduce the bogus expert I do my voice from Minnesota and before anybody gets offended and is like hey Julia Jetski's doing a voice from the Midwest she's got to stop making fun of people from the Midwest Julia Jetski's from the Midwest so deal with it okay deal with it midwest and don't even dare you call st louis the south it kind of is it's like half the south half the midwest but i'll tell you i grew up on casseroles not fried chicken i ate a lot of jello salads okay no red velvet stuff and pecan pie that's what southerners eat i ate junk i ate garbage that came out of a box with a bag of frozen stuff and fake cheese that's the food of my people. Okay, so to give a bit of a background on Michael Schellenberger, uh, he currently works a lot with Matt Tahibi, so that should give you an idea of his quality level. There you go. It's kind of a burn on Matt Tahibi by my part, but, you know, I will do so. Anyway, so Schellenberger is known for touting himself as an expert on any number of subjects, from Twitter's corporate practices, the origin of COVID-19, UFO sightings, and climate change. Schellenberger has a master's degree in anthropology. A few years ago, he decided he was an expert in climate science and just started writing books that went against the scientific consensus on climate change. An excerpt of a review of his book from Apocalypse Never from YaleClimateConnections.org. Here we go. 
The book suffers from logical fallacies, arguments based on emotion and ideology, the setting up and knocking down of straw men arguments, and the selective cherry picking and misuse of facts, all interspersed with simple mistakes and misrepresentations of science. That review is one of many scathing takedowns of Schellenberger's nonsense. On Wednesday, Schellenberger was invited to Fox News Tonight to discuss the wildfires in Canada. He got so much wrong in this one segment, I have to break it down line by line. And to ban pizza ovens or, uh, you know, engage in, uh, you know, counterproductive efforts. So I accidentally um, cut one of the words off on that one, but he basically says they're going to ban pizza ovens. Now, pizza ovens have not been banned in New York City. A new regulation by the New York City Department of Environmental Protection has been proposed that it would require the owners of coal and wood-burning pizza ovens to add emission control devices to their chimneys. Nothing's being banned. So getting that out of the way, now we're going to keep going. And to ban pizza ovens or, uh, you know, engage in, uh, you know, counterproductive efforts like shutting down nuclear power plants. They did that in New York City. Uh, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who says that climate change is the end of the world, helped to shut down a nuclear power plant that was replaced entirely by fossil fuels. Okay, so the decision to shut down, the plant he's talking about is called Indian Point Nuclear Power Plant, was made in 2017. Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez was elected in 2018. She was sworn in as a U.S. representative in January 2019. <laughs> AOC had absolutely nothing to do with this. Debate about the plant went back as far as 1974, when the first reactor was shut down. Indian Point was plagued with safety problems, including an incident where radioactive material leaked into groundwater near New York City. The plant was also mistakenly built on a fault line. A fault line. The Nuclear Regulatory Commission, NRC, deemed Indian Point one of the top 10 facilities most in need of reevaluation for earthquake vulnerability. One of the 9-11 terrorists cited the plant as a potential target and its close proximity to the most densely populated metropolitan area was another cause for concern. I'm laughing because this is so crazy. So the only thing Schellenberger got right is that Indian Point was replaced by a natural gas-fueled power plant. And according to the Energy Information Administration, burning natural gas for energy results in fewer emissions of nearly all types of air pollutants and carbon dioxide, CO2, than burning coal or petroleum products to produce an equal amount of energy. So yes, it's a fossil fuel, but out of the fossil fuels, it's the cleanest one. So yeah, so he got two basic things like totally wrong. He said that pizza ovens are gonna be banned. They're not. And he said that AOC had a hand in shutting down a nuclear power plant when she was not even in office yet. Because I found, I have a link from New York Times that said the decision has been made to shut down Indian Point. It's dated 2017. So, uh, and somebody on Twitter alerted to me to that. And I looked it up and was like, thank you so much, person on Twitter. I don't remember who. A lot of people talk to me on Twitter all day. So that's sort of in his lane even though he got two things majorly wrong and he kind of didn't know what he was talking about but he talked a lot about like managing the forests in canada which again we discussed in another podcast canadian forests are incredibly dense and often in the middle of nowhere 
no human being lives anywhere near them so you can't maintain them like you could a forest in california you just can't they're they're inaccessible so next up we've got this is even crazier so laura ingram had a little segment where she talked about transgenderism and she invited on sean duffy who just works at fox and michael schellenberger now this is rich because he tries to act like he knows what he's talking about with transgender individuals here we go yeah it's really disturbing i mean i see parallels as well between the radical left's affirmation of gender dysphoria and the medical mistreatment of adolescents very similar to the affirmation of addiction and mental illness and the well that's great that you have an opinion about transgender people michael schellenberger but you are not a therapist you are not a doctor you have no training whatsoever in psychotherapy or anything like that it's like you might as well just be a person off the street talking about transgender people because this makes no sense now he keeps going and it's just full this is psychobabble nonsense mental illness and the deprivation and medical mistreatment of people that we call homeless and so what we're seeing is a kind of psychopathology on the left that's affirming a kind of um, illness and and medical mistreatment. And I think it's just kind of what you said, which is that there's sort of a cult of victimization and of victimhood, where victimhood is actually celebrated as a moral virtue rather than as something that people would overcome uh, to lead a better life. Now, the term psychopathology is usually used to describe the scientific study of mental illness or disorders. The second definition is fairly broad and can be used to describe a mental disorder, which is he's using the second definition. I think he just likes it because it has a lot of syllables because it's kind of a little heavy handed here, but he keeps using it and it just gets stranger. And so I think it's a very dark period for a movement of liberals who, you know, once stood for very grand ideals of overcoming oppression of achieving human liberation, and now we see them mm. really contributing to a kind of pathology and sickness. Well, that's right, because wokeism is a religion and it's also psychopathological. And so what you see is a demand that we obey a new external authority, namely on climate change. You see the demand for a new moral authority on race, where we have some idea that there we would um, uh, have a moral order based on who was most victimized historically by race. It's a very racist uh, system. So he's talking about race. He's talking about climate change. He's sort of folding it all together, twisting it around. Like, this is all one big movement. Transgender people have existed since the beginning of time. They found evidence of transgender people in every culture all over the world, going all the way back to, like, the first recorded human history. I'm not kidding. Look it up. Research it. It's nuts. It's all over the world. It's just something that's always been around. Nobody really understands why. But it's not new. What's new is that we now have surgery, we now have hormones, and that sort of thing. But this is not new. So he's going to keep going. Where is he going? I don't know. And then on the trans issue, this idea that we are gods who can remake our bodies and change our sex mm. in order to align with a kind of gendered soul. I think what you see with those three issues is a sort of complete psychopathological woke religion that has really taken hold of people, in part because they... They have abandoned traditional religions and also abandoned some enlightenment uh, views, a traditional enlightenment liberalism 
So I think it's a very dangerous time. Um, these are the same people that are demanding that we be censored, that are waging disinformation right. campaigns to make us try to try to make the American people hate each Afraid. other when in fact our support for religious, mm -hmm. racial and sexual differences is higher than ever. So he just contradicted himself in that very brief little paragraph. He basically said it's a dangerous time. These are the same people that are demanding we be censored, waging disinformation and making the American people hate each other. And then he says, when in fact, our support for religious, racial and sexual differences is higher than ever. Okay, so which is it? Is, is it this hellscape that you just described or is it this utopia that you just described in the same paragraph? And notice the complete lack uh, of the use of any supporting data in anything he said. The only claim he made at the end is that uh, there's diverse, there's support for diverse religions, sexual orientations and races, but he cites no specific source. I would love to see him with Jordan Peterson just talking about nothing. Just Jordan Peterson going, the individual, the individual. And he's this incredibly pretentious Canadian, uh, I don't need psychology guru, right wing, seems to hate women, has some really bizarre ideas. Uh, Jordan Peterson, Michael Schellenberger. Michael Schellenberger would just say psychopath psychopathological. It's very psychopathological and wokeism is a religion. And then Jordan Peterson would just go, it's like the lobster. And the individual, it's all about the individual and women wearing makeup, tempting men, tempting men, they're tempting them. I hate these people. So we're moving on to stories Fox News ignored. Every week I compare the shows I watch on Fox News with five hours of the PBS News Hour. The following are lists of stories that PBS included that Fox did not. Anderson Lee Aldrich, the person who killed five and injured 17 at a gay nightclub in Colorado Springs, pleaded guilty and was sentenced to life in prison. Fox News agreed to pay a settlement of $12 million to Abby Grossberg, a former producer on Tucker Carlson's show. Grossberg claimed she experienced harassment and anti-Semitism at work and was coerced into providing false testimony in a deposition in the Dominion defamation lawsuit against the network. According to a final revision, GDP grew 2% in an annualized pace in the first quarter, beating most estimates. Initial claims for state unemployment benefits also decreased 26,000. Sheriff's Deputy Scott Peterson was found not guilty of child endangerment and other charges for his inactivity during the mass shooting at the Parkland School. Israel's far-right government approved plans to build over 5,000 new homes in Jewish settlements in the occupied West Bank. The decision will likely strain relations with the international community, since most countries say that the settlements violate international law. The annual Hajj pilgrimage returned to full capacity the first time since the pandemic. Some 2 million Muslims left Mecca after circling Islam's holiest site, the Kaaba, and converged on a vast tent camp in the nearby desert for a day and night of prayer. The SCOTUS returned a case involving the congressional map in Louisiana back to a lower court. The court's decision raised the chances that the state will be forced to redraw a district that empowers black voters. President Biden is kicking off his plan to expand high-speed internet to over 8.5 million homes and businesses as part of his 2021 bipartisan infrastructure bill. Biden has pledged 
$42 billion for the project. PBS produced a follow-up segment about the AP African American Studies classes after the course was a target of Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. PBS also included a segment about how corporations are facing backlash for including pride campaigns in support of the LGBTQ community. A Senate report showed both the FBI and DHS had multiple shortcomings in how the agencies handled the lead-up to the attack on the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. Both repeatedly ignored, downplayed, or failed to share warnings of violence before the riot. Bishop Richard Steika of Knoxville, Tennessee, resigned after criticism about how he handled the sexual abuse of children in a diocese in the eastern part of the state. Cardinal Rainer Maria Volke of the Archdiocese of Cologne, Germany, has been accused of lying about his knowledge of sexual abuse of children. Authorities conducted a search of properties owned by the church. The Czech police broke up an international human smuggling ring that involved migrants from Turkey to Western Europe. The latest report by the U.S. Census showed that the U.S. population is getting older with a median age of 38. The U.S. Supreme Court ruled against the independent state legislature, ISL theory that only state legislatures, not courts, could determine the manner of both state and federal elections under the elections clause of the Constitution. Now, Ingram did mention this, but she didn't really explain it. And it's basically, they said, the U.S. Supreme Court said that the states don't have unilateral power. Uh, courts also have power over elections. You can't just say the state legislatures can decide who wins and loses. I'm sort of paraphrasing, but there you go. Sales of e-cigarettes have climbed nearly 50% over the past three years, according to the Center for Disease Control and Prevention. An ancient 2,000-year-old fresco was discovered in Pompeii that depicted what looked like an early form of pizza. A police officer shot and killed an unarmed teenager of North African descent during a traffic stop in a Paris suburb. The police officer was immediately taken into custody and charged with voluntary homicide a few days later. Protests and riots in response to the killing have spread throughout the country, resulting in over 400 arrests. A U.N. investigation into the U.S. detention center in Guantanamo Bay found that the 30 men held there are subject to ongoing cruel, inhuman, and degrading treatment under international law. U.S. Seth Salem, one of the exonerated men that were part of the Central Park Five who were falsely accused of rape and served seven years in prison, declared victory in the Democratic primary for a New York City Council seat in Harlem. Zanetta Everhart, the mother of a victim of the racially motivated mass shooting in Buffalo, New York, won a Democratic primary to represent a neighborhood in the Buffalo Common Council near where the massacre happened. The population of snow crab has crashed in Alaska due to warming ocean waters. PBS produced an extended segment about the high maternal death rate among black women in the United States. Black mothers are no nearly three times more likely to die during pregnancy or delivery than any other race. Systemic racism plays a role as black patients have better outcomes with black healthcare workers. The U.S. flew nuclear-capable bomber planes to South Korea and a show of force to North Korea. Lowell Wicker, a former U.S. representative, U.S. senator, and the 85th governor of Connecticut, died at the age of 92. Part of his legacy includes co-authoring the Americans with Disabilities Act. At least 51 people died and 32 were injured in a truck accident in Kenya. The truck veered off the highway before hitting several vehicles and pedestrians. The cause of the accident is unknown. The State Department issued a report about the U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan. The report found faults with both the Trump and Biden administrations. It also included detailed damning shortcomings by the current administration. The New York Yankees pitcher, Domingo German, pitched a perfect game, meaning absolutely no batter managed to make it to a base 
during the entire game. Perfect games in Major League Baseball are so rare, there have only been 24 in the 154-year history of the sport. Former Vice President Mike Pence met with Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky in a surprise visit. Pence is the first 2024 Republican candidate to meet with Zelensky during the campaign. Ukrainian prosecutors charged a Russian politician and two suspected Ukrainian collaborators with war crimes over the alleged deportation of dozens of orphans. Ukrainians say that more than 19,000 children have been illegally transferred to Russia or Russian-held territory since the war began. Scientists discovered gravity waves in the universe. Albert Einstein theorized early in the 20th century that heavy objects create ripple effects in the fabric of the universe as they travel through space and time. This new evidence supports that theory. A British court ruled that the UK government plan to send asylum seekers on a one-way trip to Rwanda was unlawful. The Chinese spy balloon that flew over the US before being shot down in the Atlantic Ocean did not collect any intelligence during its flight. The Pentagon said parts of it were made with American off-the-shelf parts. Christine King Ferris, the oldest daughter of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., died at the age of 95. She was a founding board member and longtime volunteer of the King Center, which was founded by Martin Luther King Jr.'s wife in 1968. She was also one of the longest-serving tenured professors at Spelman College. John Goodenough, a professor at the University of Texas at Austin, who is known for his contribution in the development of the lithium battery, died at the age of 100. He's also a winner of the Nobel Prize in Chemistry. Acclaimed actor Alan Arkin died at the age of 89. His stage and screen career spans seven decades. He won a Tony Award for starring in Joseph Stein's comedy, Enter Laughing. Arkin went on to appear in one, over 100 movies. He won an Oscar for his role in Little Miss Sunshine in 2007. And those are all the stories. And yes, Fox didn't even mention Alan Arkin. Can you believe that? I mean, come on. I can't even, that was a staggering amount this week. Staggering. It's hard to even write it. So next up, we get into uh, by the numbers. And these are the five top five categories for each network. Fox, top category, 18%. Hunter Biden, number two. Biden is terrible and Biden's economy, I kind of stuck two together because they were literally right next to each other, was 10%. SCOTUS, affirmative action, 9%. SCOTUS, student loan forgiveness, 5%. And Russia, the Wagner rebellion, 4%. PBS, NewsHour, top five topics by percentage. 10%, SCOTUS, affirmative action. 7%, Russia, Wagner rebellion. 6%, artist profile. 5% SCOTUS wedding website, LGBTQ. I wasn't sure what to call that. And 4% SCOTUS student loan debt. And for the words used for the week ending July 2nd was Biden at a staggering 654. I don't know if that number's ever been that high. Hunter, 247. Trump, 170. China Chinese, 97. Whistleblower, 81. Economy, 69. Inflation, 48. Border, 46. Obama, 42. Crime. Why is Obama on there? Why is Obama mentioned 42 times? Okay, sorry. I just had to go back. Crime, uh, 38 times. DeSantis, 37 times. Homeless, 35. FBI, 33. Hillary, 8 times. Hookers, that's the word. 5 times. I noticed a lot of people were using that term, uh, which is kind of gross. Two-tier, 5 times. AOC, 2 times. And Fetterman two times. AOC and Fetterman are now tied. Watch out. 
So coming up this week, I'll be covering Fox and Friends, The Five, Jesse Waters, Primetime, and The Ingram Angle. For paid subscribers, the first installment of Who is Hunter Biden 3 should drop tomorrow or sometime soon after. I went through that and it was so dense. I had to go, I had to look up a couple um, depositions that were quite long. So it was much more work than I anticipated. I'm going to have to break it up into three sections. It was three episodes. The first one is a doozy because they made a bunch of claims that I had to go, nope, 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 and nope. And I want to make it easier for you so you can read it and get through it. So I'm going to break it up uh, rather than give you a monster sized thing that's just too heavy and too much. Sorry it's so late, but it's coming. Uh, and there's another one coming in July. So we'll be right on top of that one. Another one. I just grabbed it, actually, but there's going to be more coming. I, they never stop. They love Hunter Biden. It's the story that will not end. So thank you so much for listening. And if you'd like to become a sponsor of this podcast and this newsletter, you can do so at Decoding Fox News on Substack or Patreon. Either one is great. Or just share with a friend. Uh, share with a loved one. I had a lot of crazy voices this week. I was not anticipating that. Wow. What's wrong with me? Am I okay? I don't know. Odin and Thor send their love. I will see you at the next podcast. <laughs>